Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and today we are talking about hypnosis, hypnotherapy, and hypnobirthing. And no better person to talk about it than my good friend, Alicia Tambori, who is a board-certified hypnotherapist, counselor, and birth doula with over 35 years of experience. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Berlin. I'm really happy to have you here because uh, you're amazing at what you do. You're the guru. Everybody calls you the guru. And uh, I've taken your hypnobirthing class, and I've been to births with you. I've been to home birth, hospital birth, and birthing center with you, and it's amazing. It's I say this sometimes on the podcast. As a body worker, I sometimes have the luxury of being at a birth with a doula. And I've learned from so many amazing doulas, and you're up there. And the second part of our episode today, we're going to talk a lot about hypnotherapy for pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, lactation, and hypnobirthing in particular. But I'd love to get started by talking about hypnosis in general. What is hypnosis? So hypnosis is a natural state that we are in Every day when we first wake up in the morning, we're in a light state of hypnosis. Every night before we fall asleep, we go into hypnosis. When we talk to ourselves, we're programming ourselves, so we're hypnotizing ourselves every day, regularly, constantly, driving hypnotic state. And um, it's amazing how much time we really spend in hypnosis and are not aware of it. So if we're at a job that we love, we kind of are in what I call the zone. If we're at a job when we're a little bit bored, we check out and go into another zone. So we're in a hypnotic state. Most of our lives are a big part of our lives. So it's not like in the movies where somebody's out of control or under someone else's control. I can't control anyone. I I wish I could, but it doesn't work that way because all hypnosis is self. So the power is within the person. So what is hypnotherapy? Come in. So hypnotherapy is one of the most powerful techniques because it's using therapy, counseling, um, along with the subconscious mind, which is where our behavior lies. So I'm also a counselor. So what happens is I'm working with them as a counselor, talking to them about whatever their issues are, whatever is going on, whatever they want different in their life. So first we talk about whatever is not working. So I actually have people before they come in email me a list of fears, stresses, concerns. It can be as long as they want, a list of their goals, already written positive and present as if it's already been done. And then a list of what is good in their life, what's happy, a good relationship, a nice home, health, whatever is already good. So I get that before they even come in. So that's starting to put together the hypnotherapy part of the session. Is that no matter why they're coming in? Yes. You still start with a full list of things that aren't working for them. Correct. Because sometimes whatever someone's issue is could be an underlying other issue. So we're all connected. I would say body, mind, spirit. We're under one roof. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes something that they think might be something a little bit smaller a relationship or a health issue or whatever it is has nothing to do with success at work or anxiety. Well, anxiety, again, is usually underlying stress, fears, concerns. Um, 
work success. I'm bringing that up because a lot of times people won't realize maybe they're nervous or stressed about their boss or their coworkers or you know their self-worth or confidence. Mm-hmm. So if on their list of negative issues what they put down and just say they're coming in for more success in their life or more peace or more happiness, those lists are invaluable because sometimes it would be, I mean, they might say something, I know this isn't so important, or they'll put it in parentheses, um, I was told I wouldn't be a success as a child, but I know now that I'm running my businesses and I'm successful and I make a lot of money, that really isn't the issue. Mm -hmm. But it is quite often something that we think isn't, because we yeah, because we've been programmed as children. Well, I was going to say, you see these things in little children, the anxieties and the concerns that little children have. Can you do hypnosis and hypnotherapy with small kids? I love working with children. They're so easy and so open. And they don't question. They don't say, well, what if this doesn't work? Or, <laughs> right. How does this work? They don't have the same skepticism. No. and And with the little ones... They listen to their session at night, mm-hmm. and sometimes in a few days or a week, whatever, I mean, it's while they're sleeping. So the parent puts on a recorded session because I record all sessions except regression, unless somebody needs to remember what actually happened. Mm-hmm. So with children, they listen to it. They're already falling asleep, or they like it because it has their friends and their family or their favorite superheroes or even very, very little ones, it doesn't matter how old they are. They can be six months, a year, two years, five years, whatever age the child is, it's age appropriate. It's very soft and very soothing. And uh, again, it's on while they're asleep so that their habits just say there's, I had a little boy who was pulling out his hair and his pediatrician had referred him to me. And that's stress. When when a child or an adult or anyone does that, it, it's relieving something momentarily, then it becomes a habit, and then it doesn't really help whatever the stress is or the fear or the anxiety. So in the hypnosis that they listen to at night, again, um, you know, I come up with other ways. I talk to the parents, too, of what else could the child do. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so with this one particular child, he had a doll, and he was pulling the hair out of the doll's uh, head. So little by little, he started to pull out less hair of the doll. I also, I think he was three or four, I suggested that the parents get him a punching bag because he had a lot of siblings, and so there wasn't a lot of time just to focus on him. So a punching bag, to me, is great for any age child or adult to, so when he was feeling anxiety, rather than taking it out and imploding on himself, which is pulling out his own hair. Or a sibling. Or a (laughs) sibling, yes. So the way I work is so that no one gets hurt. They Mm -hmm. don't hurt themselves or they don't hurt other human beings, but they can do whatever they want to the punching bag. And there are physiological things that people come in for hypnotherapy as well. Major. Major, um, I spoke with someone yesterday um, who has cancer, and um, whether they're going to have radiation, chemo, or use natural means, whatever their decision is, 
I can support them in what would work best for them. So again, shrinking tumors, um, healing twice as fast. And one of my favorite mantras, which is so simple that I tell anyone and everyone, no matter what's going on, my body is healing twice as fast, twice as fast, so that they tell themselves that over and over and over so they do heal twice as fast because the mind can control the body. They're one. Yes. I feel that all the time. Uh, it's interesting because you said that kids are so much more open. And right when you started talking about, well, you know, your clients email you a list ahead of time of their fears and their stresses. Uh, I don't, you know, immediately I start thinking, well, what am I going to put on that list? <laughs> you know, and how open am I really going to be? I, I, does it depend on, on your clients being ready to fully open up? Yes and no. Sometimes I have a client call um, who's on the fence about coming in, whether one was insomnia and um, picking at his skin and his nails, the other one was for smoking. And I said, are you, I felt a hesitant, hesitancy. I said, is this the right time now or would you prefer to wait for a few weeks or months? Or are you ready to quit smoking? Well, I've been thinking about it. I said, well, give me a call when you're jonesing to quit. You <laughs> can't wait to quit. Or I also ask, what's your reason? Why did you decide to? Why now? Yes. And if they say, well, my partner, my husband, my wife, my mother, my child, whoever it is, wants me to quit. Do you want to quit? No. Okay, then let's wait until you want to quit. If there's a health issue, and their doctor said, well... You need to quit. Yes. Then I just say, would you be willing to give it a chance and to maybe consider that this may be something that's beneficial to extend your life or to prevent a surgery now or whatever aches and pains or um, throat issues? Uh, someone that I just spoke with had his tonsils removed, and that didn't do, didn't do the job. So the tonsils were fine. They now have to continue with chemotherapy and radiation in about a month. And um, again, I said, would you be willing to, in that time, because you have a month, and then you can do whatever you and your family have decided, and your doctor, if you want to go that route, whatever route you want to go, I'm here to support you, not to convince you that you can do it this way or that way. And I believe that we can heal ourselves we have the best of both worlds. So we have our innate ability to heal ourselves. We have fabulous medications if that's necessary. And uh, so it's not as though, well, no, we'll just get rid of doctors and medicine. We need a nice balance so they all work together. I know uh, of many success stories, like powerful success stories of people who came to you for various different things, uh, two that, that have appeared, one here on the podcast and one on our other show on YouTube, The Real Midwives of Los Angeles. So on the podcast, we recently had Dr. Jennifer Lang, and uh, she took us through how when she was training to be an OBGYN, and then got pregnant during her residency for gynecological oncology uh, or her fellowship. She was initially looking to have a scheduled cesarean 
uh, for no other reason than she was afraid to have a vaginal birth because of all the things that she learned in medical school or was exposed to that could go wrong during a vaginal birth. And by the end of that first pregnancy, after doing fear release, uh, she did a total 180 and ended up laboring completely unmedicated and actually having a water birth at a local hospital. And it's probably the only water birth that ever took place still to this day at that hospital because she just, she, as an OB, checked herself, realized she was nine centimeters and almost ready to push, got into the tub and kicked everybody else out and delivered her own baby in a tub, which is amazing. And, and that kind of turnaround, that kind of 180 is something that you were kind of famous for around here. Um, so I want to talk about fear release a little bit. And the other one is, is an example that we had uh, one of our our moms who was on The Real Midwives of Los Angeles had an unusual phobia called umphalophobia where she's a fear of belly buttons. Uh, looking at them, t thinking about them, touching, touching hers or if anybody, even if she touches her own belly button, it'll knock her out for the rest of the day. And uh, her name's Loren. And after you worked with her, we had her back, and things were already different, and uh, and then she's going to come back now and talk about how her birth went, um, and, you know, she was just super excited to work with you, skeptical at the beginning. She's like, really? Is this possible? Is this going to help me? And then afterwards, she saw great value in the work that you do. So walk me through a, a session a little bit, because in that case, also, you release fear, but is, does it always start with that list of fears and stressors that we have, and then what we're do you go from there? The list gets the person to already start the session, even though I haven't met them sometimes or if they're coming back with something else going on. Um, say in the case with Jennifer Lang, um, her lists were very interesting. I, I don't remember them because she's now had three unmedicated, beautiful births, um, also were hypnobirths. Um, she came to see me because she was that scared and didn't want to wait for the hypnobirthing class. So we did a private hypnotherapy class. So yes, she sent her lists. And um, the reason I have the lists is it gets the person to start thinking what's going on and bringing up maybe some of the things that were painful or uncomfortable or that they forgot about that are underlying. Mm -hmm. And what their goals are, what do they want? What do they prefer rather than we can't be stressed, fearful, and happy and relaxed at the same time. So that's why those lists are invaluable to me. And so I just remember with uh, Dr. Lang, Jennifer Lang, um, her coming in for the very first time, and we did a session after we talked about everything. We also have a game plan on the conscious level. So we're talking about different things, and I'm taking notes the whole time my client is talking. So I use their words because their words are more powerful for their mind than my words. And if I'm not sure if I got something right, I'll actually read it back to them because what I've written in my notes is going to be used in the recorded hypnotherapy session that they listen to every day. So with uh, Jennifer Lang um, and with anybody that comes in, um, again, we're putting the session together together mm -hmm. at the time that they're there. So when I go over their negative lists with each issue, I ask, what would you prefer? How would you rather feel? What would you rather do? 
So they're telling me, and if they're not sure, then we do it together. Mm-hmm. So it's worded in a way that's acceptable and believable to their own mind. And sometimes if it's not believable and that's something they want, I'll ask them, they're, they're co-therapists, and I'll say to them, would you like me to put this in or would you rather it worded a different way or do you want me to just skip that? So we're working together as a team. And what stays in my mind so much about Jennifer Lang, after we did the session, she didn't want to come out of hypnosis. Mm. It was so beautiful. And um, I was concerned because I knew she had to to perform surgery the next morning. And I was also concerned that her husband was getting worried. It was getting later and later. And um, she was feeling so good she did not want to come out of the hypnotic state. So I don't blame her. <laughs> I wouldn't want to come out. And it's a, I call it a little mental vacation. It's a little happy place. Yes, it is because the endorphins release, the heart rate slows down to the rate that's perfect for the person. Their pulse is slowing down. Their mind is not chattering away. And even if it is, if they go in and out of that state, it's such a relief Mm-hmm. So again, um, so with each pregnancy, Jennifer would come in and we would do our private session, and then she and her husband would take the hypnobirthing class. So she got a double whammy. Yeah. So she had, as you said, three unmedicated hypnobirths. All the power was within her, and uh, I was actually her doula the first time, even though I knew I wouldn't be there, and her doctor wasn't there either. So she and her husband and my partner doula was there. My partner doula said I should have paid them to be able to witness this amazing birth. But she did it herself. Like you yeah. said, she brought the baby she's, out. I mean, she's so inspiring in so many ways. Um, so the session, but I know those sessions can go on for quite some time. Yes. I, I'd rather spend a longer time and work on a deeper level than have somebody come in every week for 50 minutes or an hour. All sessions are recorded except regression. And um, so we're doing a lot of work. I call it, you know, we're gonna do the hard work first, come up with what's going on and solutions and discuss the issues. Sometimes people will cry and which is really healthy to release what's ever going on because sometimes they haven't cried for a long time. Mm -hmm. And if they're pregnant and they're concerned about crying or getting angry, because of the baby, I always say, well, we need to release it because if we hold on to it, it goes That's to the even baby. Worse. Yeah. Yes. And I say, what you can do too, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you can tell your baby, mommy's going to process, I love you and it's not about you. And then they can scream, cry, whatever it is. And um, again, it's just, it is a relief for them. I also use a technique called EFT, which is Emotional Freedom Technique which was used for post-traumatic stress, fears, phobias, and it's extremely helpful and fast. And what I like about it is someone could be on a 10 about a fear or stress, and I did use that with Loren, and um, it's actually saying how you feel. So it could be, I'm terrified of belly buttons or I'm petrified of giving birth. Whatever the fear is, that's how they're feeling. Feelings are valid, thoughts are valid, they're not right or wrong, they're just there. And so we use the emotional freedom technique, unless they've used it and they don't like it, but I find 
98% of everyone really likes it. And by doing it, we're tapping on acupressure points and actually saying what's wrong. So before they go into the hypnotic state, which is the EFT, the emotional freedom technique, is a form of hypnosis. Um, it's very fast and it's physical and they're speaking. So I'll ask them to close their eyes and tell me where they're at, 10 being the worst, zero, it's gone, with their fear, their phobia, their stress, their anxiety, whatever it is, a health issue. And they close their eyes and maybe they're at an eight. So I write down eight and I write down what their fear is or what their upset is. And then it's called tapping or EFT. And then I do it with them. So we're tapping on the acupressure points of saying, even though I'm stressed or overwhelmed, I deeply, completely, and profoundly accept myself. So we keep saying this and going through the body parts. And then after a while, we just say, I'm stressed. Or if it's stress, I'm stressed. And they're tapping. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. They say it over and over. And they're constantly saying how they feel. So they're heard. And they're expressing themselves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they start crying. Sometimes they start laughing, and it takes just a few minutes. And after one round, I'll ask them where they're at. So if they were at an eight, how are you feeling now? Very calm. I don't feel anything. I'm okay. So then we close it so that they have total acceptance of themselves and how they're feeling and that they're valid. And then if they were tapping on stress, and then I actually say, um, in addition to I accept myself with my faults, problems, and limitations, I accept myself with my gifts, strengths, and ability to love, and my ability to be calm and peaceful and know that that's my natural state and can be my natural state and is my natural state. So again, they have the power. And then I give them the handout so they can use this on their own anytime. Mm, anywhere. Anywhere. When you, just to be clear, the part that you record is not the whole conversation that you have. No. It's your, then using the, the conversation that you had and the, the verbiage that they used to customize a hypnosis in the moment that you're recording that they can listen to later. Yes. So we're doing all this work in one part of uh, where I work at a table where I can write my, my desk and they're sitting. And um, then we go into another room. I call it the hypno room. Mm. So, you know, we're at the drawing board of the counseling room. And then we move into another part that's very cozy and comfortable. And I have beautiful music with the ocean waves in the background. And I just double check to make sure that they like the ocean waves. Uh -huh. And they've also written out because I have them fill out. The more information I have, the better. Their favorite place in nature or where they feel safe, happy, and secure, where everything is good. Mm -hmm. And so I take them to that place as well. And the music's in the background. They can lay down. They can sit. They're on a big, comfy couch. And I'm right next to them. And I ask permission if it's okay if I send some energy like Reiki or Diksha, where I touch the top of their head between their eyebrows and their shoulder. And even people who are phobic about being touched, no one has ever declined me touching them, which is really nice. But I always ask permission ahead of time. And sometimes I ask them, well, I always ask them if they would like a thin blanket for coziness so they can get really comfortable. And they usually, most of them will lay down unless they're more comfortable sitting, and they get to lay down and just relax. And then I record 
on their iDevice, my iDevice, and for people who are still using CDs, I have professional CD recorders. Mm. So I make sure that their session, the hypnosis part, is actually the shortest part of their session. About how long? About a half hour. Mm -hmm. And then they listen to their hypnosis session every day or night, whichever is better for them. They can never use it in the car. Yes. So um, if they prefer day, then at the end of the session, their hypnosis session, I count them out with lots of energy. If they're not sleeping well, I have them fall asleep to it. So they're programming themselves as they're falling asleep. Mm. And if they'd like it for day or night, at the end of the session, I'll say, if it's bedtime, you'll drift into a deep, wonderful sleep. If it's daytime, you'll come out of hypnosis refreshed and recharged. And then I count to, I'll say at the count of five, if it's bedtime, you'll drift in deep sleep. If it's daytime, you'll come out of hypnosis at the count of five. And then I put in more positive suggestions, and I'll say, uh, I'll say something positive with each number. And then once again, I'll say, and at the count of five, if it's bedtime, you'll drift into a deep, wonderful sleep. If it's daytime, you'll come out of hypnosis. And then I count one, two, three, four, five. And then there's silence, and the music is going for a moment or two. And then I end the session. Now, the recording is no longer going on. And if they're in this deep, deep state, or occasionally they may fall asleep, but it's usually hypnosis because the breathing is different. And if someone, aside from Jennifer Lang, who goes in so deep, if someone is in that state, they will generally come out mm -hmm. when I count them out because I give them the suggestion at the count of five, you'll be wide awake and feeling great. And I gently bring them out. If they need a minute or two longer, I let them slowly come out. And then as they're coming out and I'm saying, how are you feeling? They're relieved. Or I tell them when they come out, they'll be wide awake and feeling great. But I also program in when they get in their car and the engine starts up, they may have to suppress the urge to smile or to start laughing and have a great drive home. And once they get home, they'll sleep really well. Mm. So that way they have a really nice drive home and they're totally aware, alert, clear, focused, and present. It helps that your voice is so soothing. Thank you. Usually, I mean, our listeners know I usually talk a lot more, but I just want to hear you talk. Oh, thank so. you. Uh, and I want to hear you talk more, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back with Alicia Timbury, and we'll talk about hypnosis specifically for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Join us in two minutes. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet.
Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and we're continuing our discussion of hypnosis, hypnotherapy, and now hypnobirthing with Alicia Tambori. Welcome back. Thank you, Dr. Berlin. Happy to be here. Again, I've been to births with you, and I am blown away sometimes at how someone could be really losing her her confidence, um, become very fearful, and then all of a sudden you say something or do something you mentioned in the earlier part, touching that little part of the forehead, and then it's almost like picking a cat up by the scruff of the neck. She just becomes very calm and relaxed and moves on. Uh, tell me about that. How do you get to that point with somebody? And uh, also, I want to talk more about the hypnobirthing program. So I'm very grateful when a pregnant woman comes in for a private hypnosis session because I'm only dealing with her. It's one-on-one, and um, she's letting me know what her concerns are, and they're all valid. Anyone's concerns are valid. So... I spoke with someone today, and I said something about after the baby's here, and she was like, oh, no. So, oh, no means sometimes there's some concerns about being a new mom or a second-time mom or a third or fourth or fifth-time mom. So they need to be heard rather than judged. So, again, just allowing the person to say anything. They're safe. They're not judged. There is no judgment on feelings. And, um, you know, so many times it's like, oh, that's a bad feeling. It's just a feeling. And so I want them to be able to feel that they can tell me anything, anything at all. And I really don't have a judgment on their feelings because I believe the only person that judges is themselves or God. So I'm there just to assist. I always say, please guide me to guide you. The power's within you, so we're a team. So with the the births, so they've come in and they've done a private session. Sometimes it's just one. Sometimes they'll come in for a few. It's up to them, whatever they'd like. And so they're now conditioned by listening to their recording and the session that we had because they're coming in with all these fears, stresses, concerns about being a new mother, about the actual birth itself, about the relationship, about finances. There's so many concerns, even though this is the best and most miraculous time in their life, there's fears. There's a lot of fears, especially for first-time moms because they've never done this before. And as humans, we tend to relate situations on what happened before. So quite often, the only thing they've heard about are negative stories. So now they're, they're even more scared because now they're going to have a baby. So um, again, we're totally focused on what's going to work for them and not to listen to other people's negative, uh, scary stories about what happened to them isn't going to happen to this woman. So I'm addressing all all their fears, any fears, any stresses, any concerns they have, I want them to give it to me so we can come up with a state that they would prefer. Fear is overwhelming. It releases the catecholamines, the stress hormones. It's hard to sleep. It's hard to eat. It's hard to enjoy the pregnancy. So by doing the uh, the counseling and finding out what's wrong and what they would prefer and what we can do about that, including things that happened in their childhood. We can release them 
um, again, I'll ask them, maybe write a letter to your mom, or before you write that letter, if the issue is the mother, I call it writing the F-U letter. We all know what that means, mm-hmm. but I, I don't use that language, but we all know what that means. Write out all your anger, all your disappointments, and then tear it up. Don't read it. Just tear it up or burn it. And then it's so nice to heal a relationship with a family member or anyone from their past where it's still on their mind, and then they can write the real letter coming from this is how I feel. So they'll send a letter, which is optional, and to start healing the relationship before the baby is born so they have a nice bond with their, especially with their mom or dad. Um, So I use a lot of different techniques. No two people are the same. And uh, then we're now going to go into the hypnosis. So that's a vulnerable state. And so they've been talking with me for quite a while, for a couple of hours, and or an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And now they can just relax and they feel safe and heard. And then I can do the hypnosis part. So the hypnosis part is very calming, soothing, and relaxing, and gentle. It's only addressing the positive. So they're listening to their personalized session every day or every night. So my voice, then, is what they're used to at the birth. Uh Aha. So there's your magic. Yes. It's uh, Pavlovian. It is. Literally. Yeah. I mean, because I literally see people start to freak out, start to lose their cool, the fear kicks in, and you say something or just touch them in a spot and it it goes away and I'm like I want that in the middle of my day I want to be able to just pop something on or call you and and you know have stress turn around like that have fear go away it just seems to disappear well it's a combination of the conditioning that we were talking about because they're listening to their session regularly. Mm-hmm. And it's also that they were heard and maybe for the first time that someone really got their intensity of fear where someone might say, oh, well, that's nothing to be afraid of. Fear is fear. I catch myself telling my kids that sometimes. Let them be scared. Yeah. Just say it's okay. Feel what you're feeling. It's okay. I'm here. Just let let them know that you're there and they're safe. It's hard to do because I know they're safe. Yes, but they don't. They don't. And I need to give them a, a chance yes. to let the fear play out and for yes. them to realize on their own that they're safe. Just say, and what else are you feeling? They're going to love that, that mm. they really get to say, the monster that's in the closet. Yeah. Let me give you a flashlight. Let's check the closet. There's no monster, but in their mind there is, whether there is or there isn't, whatever they're feeling is so valid. And to validate a child makes them feel so secure and so Mm -hmm. safe. And then daddy's there on top of it. So you've now alleviated their fears consciously and subconsciously because you went with your child into the closet with a flashlight and checked under the bed and looked everywhere and... There was I no was monster. No monster, but here's flashlights, mm-hmm. and the door can be open, yeah. and you can wake me up if you need to, but I'm here. How soon before, because, for example, I'm thinking of somebody in my mind right now who will probably have to have a cesarean birth, um, and her fears are interesting. They're not around 
having the cesarean per se, but they have to do with like the the anesthesia, fear of anesthesia, fear of being numb, fear of not feeling your body, uh, things like that. How? But she just realized that she she's probably going to have to have the cesarean birth, and she's probably going to have to have it in the next week or two. So. How much time do you need to address something like that? It can be a day before. And I've done some phone sessions where I've never met the people where they need it now. The nice thing with cesarean, if they know they have to have a cesarean and they're really scared, Mm -hmm. um, again, they can listen to their session in the C-section. And again, if they know their team of doctors and nurses and the partner, they're all there for them. It's so powerful to give them a joyful C-section because sometimes that's what needs to happen. I was also in on a C-section some years ago. This was the woman's third child and they were all C-sections. And she has adverse reactions to the medication. And so her doctor wanted me to be in on the C-section. So I worked with her privately, and then I went in on the C-section, and she started to have the reaction to the medication where her body literally would start almost jumping off the table. And then I would start talking her down, and uh, within seconds, the it was almost like an antidote to the medication. Mm. So it was it to me that was so beautiful to be part of the C-section where she could actually enjoy it rather than have the terrible reactions that this particular woman suffered from the medication. So once again, our mind can counteract medication. Wow. Um, I just had a, recently someone who's uh, was on our program. Well. Sorry, someone who's going to be on our program, and I can't say who it is yet, but she had a cesarean with one baby and then also had a vaginal birth with her second baby. And I asked her, I said, you know, how do they compare for you afterwards? And her answer blew me away. She's like, yeah, they were both pretty cool. And normally somebody will much prefer one over the other two experiences that they had. And in her case, she said neither one was awesome. Like, they were both incredible moments, but it's not like one was easy and one was hard. They were both difficult for different reasons and rewarding for different reasons. But what she said, the hardest part about the cesarean was the anxiety and fear that she had going into it, primarily that people put in her head about how terrible it was going to be. And she said as a procedure, it was actually pretty simple for her. Um, It was just so much anxiousness and fear. And uh, it's amazing that you sort of have a way to to counter that because, you know, there is definitely fear of the unknown. There's fear of surgery being cut open, but there's also fear in vaginal birth and um, or fear of the different interventions along the way or fear that the baby will be healthy on the way out or that you'll be healthy through the process. And so you, you come in for all of these different things and you, you have an approach that really helps you get to more of the underlying uh, sources, the underlying causes of those fears. Let's talk about hypnobirthing. One of my favorite things. You do it all the time. How long have you been teaching hypnobirthing? Gosh, almost 20 years. Oh, it's a good start. Yes, yes. (laughs) Take me through the program a little bit and the structure, because it's a lot more than hypnosis. Um, It's a whole full childbirth education program. Yes, so it's five classes, and the partners come if they're available. And um, so 
they get to actually watch in each class two hypnobirths because they've heard such negative, scary things and seen such negative, scary things. So each class builds on the next and on the next and on the next. So in every class, what I love is that at the end of the class, I know I'm going backwards a little bit, but they go into hypnosis every single class. That's how each class will end. And... Um, so we address the concerns. I go around the room and ask what they grew up hearing about birth. And most of it isn't the most positive. And some people will say what they're hearing now. Um, so it's a complete childbirth education course that focuses on their body is made to give birth. The baby is made to come into the world. And the calmer the partner is, the calmer the baby is, the calmer the mom is. So I always say, calm mom, calm dad, calm baby, calm birth. Or calm dad, calm moms, calm baby, calm birth. And so who's ever there needs to be on board with calmness rather than to have someone in the room, like a mother or a mother-in-law that's very stressed. So then I recommend that the, the mother gets the book and that she listens to the birthing downloads or CDs because there's four different tracks that they listen to that reprograms what they're learning in class. So in the hypnobirthing class, they're actually starting to reprogram themselves. I love the second class because that's where the partners learn how to put the moms into mm -hmm. hypnosis. That was my favorite part too. Yes. And we did it both ways, back and forth. It's fun. And and as much as hypno birthing, the, the tools that you gave us were helpful during childbirth. I think they were uh, to almost a degree more helpful leading up to childbirth when there's that weird state of like the baby might come tonight or in a month from now and it's so close and so unknown to use those tools that you gave us on each other to help each, each other relax our minds and relax our bodies was so helpful. The, the, I love teaching this class because it's a different set of parents or repeat parents, and to then hear how the birth went after. And because we just spoke about C-sections, um, I got a beautiful email from a mom who had a C-section. She wasn't planning on having one. And she said how helpful the hypnobirthing was in the C-section, that she was not planning. She had an emergency C-section. Mm -hmm. And um, she said the breathing techniques, the hypnosis, all of the different things that she learned in hypnobirthing were invaluable for the C-section. So I always say what we know is we don't know how the babies are coming into the world, how long, when they're coming. We have to have a flexible mind. I always tell all moms, picture, visualize, imagine, and dads the birth that you want, and then let it go. We can't be rigid and attached to the outcome because then we're setting ourselves up for a possible failure. Mm -hmm. But I do tell them, picture, visualize, imagine the birth you want, and then release it, because the baby's got a big part in this, so, along with the divine. So I got a phone call uh, less than a week ago, and a, a mom who came in for a private session because her doctor had referred her to me because she had so much anxiety and couldn't wait for the class. So she's been doing great. She said, I fall asleep instantly I put on the, the recording that we did and I never hear it. And I say, that's great because you didn't need to. It went into your subconscious yeah. where our behavior is. And then she mentioned that um, some somebody that's in her life is putting in some negative 
thoughts and saying, well, you know, this could happen or this could happen and I've been picturing visualizing and now I'm believing that I can have a natural birth. And I said, please keep doing that and also have an open mind, mean, meaning being flexible. But why even go into could have, would have, what might happen? Because if it does happen, where a mother does need an induction or medication or a cesarean, it'll be handled at that time because they're so programmed and conditioned that however the birth goes is acceptance. The most important thing is a healthy mother and a healthy baby. And we don't have control over certain things, but we have control over how we respond. So rather than react of like, oh, no, I have to do this or have induction or I have to have a cesarean or pain medication or whatever it is, they start to accept. And that way it works together. So it's not only one way. Yes, if a mother would like to have a natural birth, that is the goal. And most women will, but not every woman's body is made um, in, with this particular baby, depending on her pelvis or what's going on that day, we don't know. I mean, the baby may be in a, with her, his or her arm out of position. I know they need to come and see you if they're mm-hmm. breech. But um, again, I just say let's be flexible, not not rigid. Also, one of the things I loved about hypnobirthing was the change in terminology yes. and the effect that words have on us. Uh, for example, contraction being such a, a harsh word that sort of gives you a harsh image in your mind. And I, I've never had a contraction, but I can imagine that when you feel it kicking in, I've seen so many people have them now. And when you feel it kicking in and and about to heat up and about to reach its plateau, uh, you know, the fear that happens because, you know, it's coming can only be magnified by calling it a contraction, versus visualizing it or calling it something more natural or more calming, like a surge or a wave. Um, and throughout the the course, you change the terminology on a lot of things, and I think it changes the psychology. It goes a long way. It seems like a simple thing, but it goes a long way to change the psychology as well. well words really impact us tremendously. If someone says to one of us, oh, you're looking kind of tired and pale, are you okay? Well, we were feeling great until they said that. Or if someone says, you look absolutely fabulous, then you start to feel more fabulous. So words do impact us. And I would love to do classes for the doctors, the nurses, and the midwives so that they don't use that terminology and put so much fear. This could happen. This could happen. This could happen. Yes, those things could happen. But why not focus on all the good things that could happen? Mm. So... Absolutely. Language is huge. Are there people for whom hypnosis is not a good idea or who might not be great candidates for hypnobirthing? Yes. Um, I got a phone call from a woman very recently. I've been having some interesting phone calls recently. And um, she wanted to bring her son in who's in his 20s. And she said that he could be schizophrenic and paranoid. And without a doctor's note, I would not see this person. So he doesn't leave the house. And um, I gave her some referrals and some other suggestions. So if someone has a serious 
mental illness. And I have had people call, and one was begging me for a session. His therapist said yes, but I said, I need a note from your psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist said no Mm -hmm. um, because of the schizophrenia. So I passed. So there are some severe mental issues that I'd rather not. I have worked with epileptics. Again, getting a doctor's note for epilepsy, and it was extremely helpful for the client. So depending, it's rare that I say no, but I also know when someone would be served better by someone else other than Mm -hmm. me. Outside of those mental health conditions, uh, if someone's just trying to pick a childbirth education class, I think people might look at hypnobirthing and say, well, I don't really meditate. I don't do yoga. I've never been hypnotized. Uh, Is this still a class that can be helpful for them? Most of the people that take the class are not yogis or meditators or have had hypnosis before. So it's just a way to be calm and relax themselves. So they're learning. You know, we hear the terms visualization and um, affirmations and yoga and meditation. So they're all very similar. If we're reading a good book, watching a great movie or a good TV show, relaxing by the ocean, a fireplace, those are all hypnotic ways of going into hypnosis because we're hypnotized at that point because we're calm and relaxed. So it's a normal state. And the hypnobirthing class is a very common sense class. So there's nothing woo-woo. I don't know what other words I can <laughs> use, but it's not like out there something very uh, abstract or unusual. It's actually pretty grounded It's a grounding class and a lot of information and very practical things like breathing techniques. If we don't breathe well when we're stressed, which can cause panic attacks, so usually people who have panic attacks stop breathing. Mm -hmm. So people will come in with panic attacks. I go over what to, how to breathe or where's the first place that it hits in your body. The second you feel it, that's your cue and your friend to help you relax. So the hypnobirthing is, I think it's the name that makes it sound a little more abstract or metaphysical, but it's actually, I think we're almost in our 28th year. It's been around for a long time now. Mm -hmm. And it's really very um, user-friendly and easy for people who are high-strung, type A personalities, never can relax. This actually gives them a way to relax at their pace. And I see so many of your students in our office. And uh, even myself, we we had, my wife and I had four unmedicated births. And uh, at the beginning, I always thought when she said, let's do that, I said, why? you know, why? You know, we're not tree-hugging, Prius-driving vegan hippies. And what I see in your classes, you have such diversity. I, We've talked about Dr. Lang, who's an OBGYN. If you, I don't know if you can get more diverse than that. Um, but you have all sorts of different people from all sorts of different backgrounds and, um, you know, different career paths and different, um, you know, just a lot of diversity in every way. And um, they, they love the class. And sometimes they'll get to a birth and not use it exactly the way they thought they were going to use it. But they always bring in those, those underlying principles that, that you've given them. I love having doctors take my class because 
um, you know, they're trained a certain way, but they've seen in their own practice the hypnobirth. So quite often when the medical doctors get pregnant, they come and do the hypnobirthing. Also, maybe 12, 13 years ago, once a year, they have a perinatal conference at Tarzana Hospital. And they had me come in and do a presentation, almost an hour presentation, to the doctors, nurses, anesthesiologists, midwives, the whole staff. And then I did a group hypnosis at the end. And I told all the doctors and the nurses and everyone that was there, this is optional. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to do this. And pretty soon the whole room was in hypnosis. And it was so exciting that they allowed me to, they trusted me and they put, let themselves go That's into really hypnosis. Special. I feel like there should be another whole course called like hypno postpartum. Well, there is. Ah. I now also teach hypno mothering. Well, there you go. So now they carried the baby for nine months, birthed the baby, and now they're bringing baby home or having baby at home. Now what? So it's a class that's just for the moms and addresses fears, stresses, and concerns. Once again, they'll bring in their notebook with three very stressful situations and three happy situations. So In a group or individual? Yeah, it's a group. Oh, wow. So everybody gets to participate. Yes. And then almost every class, someone will bring something up and start crying. And then the whole class is so supportive, and then somebody else will start crying. And then it opens the space to be very real about the fears and knowing they're in a safe place with other women of like-minded, loving compassion. And it's just so beautiful that they're, they allow themselves to be free because that's the way to start to feel a little bit better each day by letting the stuff out. Suppressing it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so we do processes, many processes going in and out of hypnosis, but doing actual processes that they can start to release stress and fear. And also for the future, after the, after the baby is born. And then they get eight downloads that they can listen to. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Wow. That's a relief because oftentimes after the baby's out, moms are alone. and yes. uh, Or couples are alone. And... Um, that's sometimes where more of the struggling happens. So. Well, it, the fact that you brought that up, I always say, if it takes a village, why am I so alone? We're in a society now where we don't have the aunts, the sisters, the mothers, the grandmothers, all there to support. So this class is about we're no different now than when we had the whole tribe or community around so that they don't feel so alone. And you bring them together. Yes. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I've learned a lot from you many times in the past, but I I learned a lot again. And I want to thank you for being here and sharing your expertise with our audience. Where can we find you online? ClearMindHypnotherapy.com and HypnobirthingCAForCalifornia.com. Can you work with people remotely or do they have to come to you? You can do it online. I get people from out of state um, quite often. Oh, that's it's amazing. But they have to make their own little happy place to uh, to do the hypnosis. It's recorded. No, I'm saying they can't sit in your uh, hypno room. Oh, correct. But I have them get really comfortable. Yeah, I can imagine. And sometimes what happens, too, is at the, they get to go into hypnosis, and then I just say at the end, I'm just going to hang up so you can either stay in hypnosis 
or if you need me to bring you out, let me know. So even though it's um, they're not physically there, I feel like I've gotten very close to these people, whether they're women, men, preparing for birth. I love doing that. It's just really exciting. Amazing. Um, thanks again for being here. And at home, thanks for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, send your suggestions to info at informedpregnancy.com. And then visit us online for lots more pregnancy and parenting media at informedpregnancy.com. I got on.